present-day situation, which is the same as all time with regards to human nature, that which has worked in the past can be made to work again. The archives where knowledge is stored, real knowledge and observations of peoples, populations, sects, groups, all down through the ages are available to a small elite. And when you want the public to adopt an attitude to change their dress mode, to change their behavior, to change whatever, there's a formula already in there. You must find out how to introduce it, how to get the idea across, and you will even know by continuous study, repetitive study, empirical proof, that it will work and how long it will take to be implemented and adopted by the general public. Very few people today in this day and age, very, very few, are actually true individuals as such. We, we see teenagers who go through a stage where they think they want to be an individual and they are, in a sense, one by one, trying to assert their own different personality. But you'll notice, that to, to be different, they actually join a group, uh, never realizing that the group itself or the fashion that they wear or the symbols that they use and the behavior and their conduct is marketed to them from the top. So there's your paradox in trying to be different as a teenager. In reality, they want to be accepted by a peer group, and so they conform to that group. Adults are not too much different. Plato himself said that morality and culture which is given by the top. What's right one day can be made wrong the next, and vice versa. He said we can turn it upside down. And the last ones to notice are the, the generation, as a generation that's going through the changes. They adopt it so easily and casually, and they think the idea somehow originated within them. It's no different when you read books very, again, very few books are put out there with an honest portrayal of an idea or an experience or a lifetime. Very few books are put out without a spin, without trying to get others to believe what this, the individual believe or the individuals behind them believe. And the easiest thing the easiest thing to do is to give part of a reality. The listener thinks that's all of the reality that they're being told, and they, they form a conclusion which they must come to, preordained by the ones who created the story. And this goes for everything. It, it goes for even all the groups who think they're rebelling against society. Um, we see that with the feminist groups. The bankers doubled their tax base by the introduction of feminism. And feminism was not won by women. It was won by scientists and, and white coats, the white-clad white priests who gave them the pill. That's how it was won.
it doubled the tax base, base for the bankers. The elite that Bertrand Russell was a member of and wrote about wanted to get kindergartens or the state, in other words, to, to give the children their early education, their early indoctrination. And remember the old saying of the Jesuits, give me a child before seven and he's mine for life. It's no different. Now they've got them at two years of age in kindergarten. So these things were, were, were needed. They had to get separate the child children from the mother. And they've been very successful in Canada now when there's a, a, a national strike of daycare workers and children's kindergarten workers. The women actually come out with, with uh, placards and, and demand that the government do something to take care of their children. And you can see how quickly this whole idea, the government is really there to take care of their children, uh, how naturally that seems already to these people. They expect it. They, ad they adapt so quickly from one lifestyle where, where the mother wanted no one to interfere or take her child away. She wanted the early years with the child, uh, now they, they're demanding the government take over that role so that they can go out and earn money. And as I say, the bankers love this because now they can project uh, bigger debts in the future because there's a bigger population to pay taxes. Uh, this is all part of an economic system we live in. Sociology is used, psychology is used, the ancient sciences of people are used against the people to further enslave them. And by doing so, it's being, it, it means it's more efficient when it comes to enslaving the child. The children are becoming brainwashed much quicker and easier because they're using scientific techniques of indoctrination. people who are truly in the matrix and by that I mean they've, they've believed, they do believe the reality that's been presented to them since childbirth when they notice a threat to what they think is their culture they have to find someone to blame right away and generally what to do is to look around to see who, who gives them the information about the change, the, the, the news media, and then it goes on to politicians, certain politicians, and then they must get an identifiable group, you see, uh, because they truly believe that they've evolved naturally up until that point, and that these nasty people are taking away their, their lifestyle. And the group mentality is so strong within most people who are in the matrix. They are not truly individuals. Now, I'm not talking about the like chocolate or strawberries. I'm talking about, uh, and personal uh, taste, I'm talking about they need to belong to, to what they see as their identifiable group because they want order within their lives. And, and it seems that their culture, their group has given them order and never dawns on them that this order was drawn up a long, long time ago for them 
anciently, in fact. And they've simply adopted it. They're familiar with it, so they really think it is theirs. But it truly isn't. It truly isn't theirs. People join churches because they want to belong to something which is the first explanation they've been given for the meaning of life. And it's like politics. If your dad votes this way or that way, then the offspring, if they're going to vote, generally do the same sort of thing. Well, it's the same with religion. If mum and dad were Catholic or Jewish or Protestant or Hindu or whatever else, then the children are too. And they, they accept that as being normal because each one thinks they're in the right group. Their group has the truth, you see. And even if you went into India, and the Westerners have a hard, hard time understanding this religion, which is formatted in a different way for a different mentality, um, Hindus themselves can somehow reconcile all their inconsistencies in their religion, all the, all the, the, the opposing stories. They can reconcile all that and, and to them it makes sense. It gives them a world view. But it was made by other people. Not for the, it wasn't purpose made just for the individual. It was made for them all by other people long ago. Now when people start breaking out of the matrix, at least coming to the stage where they want to jump off the floor, the bottom floor and the bottom room, because they've been trained to look for order, an order around them they bring into the next phase the need for that with them so they look for something that has a similar set of rules regulations similar to their old religion the one that gave them all of their answers until they grew up but they still want order so they join something else some people who, who need the group mentality so badly will join even more fundamental orders where, where they're far stricter with more rules they're more dogmatic and preachers scream at them and generally when someone screams at you that means you're, you're receiving abuse and that's what it is it's abuse why preachers have to scream when there's a microphone in front of their face well, you can figure that out. It's because those who attend have grown up generally and they've been abused. Their minds, if nothing else, have been abused by screaming to overpower, to terrify them with the wrath of God. In India, someone can die at the side of the road and no one goes to help them. The reason being, if you interfere with their karma, their fate, again, the fate part, then it might rub off on you. So they chose to be poor, they chose to die, they, they chose to starve to death, and you don't lift a finger to help. 
Each religion has been formatted for a different culture, a different people, a different mentality. In China, the ancient religions dwelt an awful lot on fate again, but also on luck. And some of the biggest gamblers in the world today are Chinese. And that whole idea of luck being a type of force that comes and goes, a will-o'-the-wisp, which sometimes you could predict if you do certain things, you see, this is the, all, the, all the nonsense they go into, uh, they, can, they can actually hit the jackpot once in a while. Tremendous gamblers. In, in the West, because Rome itself was a continuation of the Roman Empire, the pre-Christian Roman Empire. It ruled the ancient world. And into the, the religious empire, this, this transitory period, they, they didn't start afresh and say, well, we've got to understand how people work, how the mind works. They didn't, they didn't do any of that. They didn't have to because they had the archives uh, that they'd been given from their predecessors of an old empire, and, and those were the Greeks. And many of the, the, the higher elite classes of ancient Rome um, were descended from the Greeks who ran ancient Greece. They had all of the advisors around them when they, when, they, when they went through the transitory phase from the old Rome with its armies, empire, to the religious empire. And so they knew how to control populations. They knew the need for psychology, mass psychology, and most of all, they knew the need for control purposes of a religion. And that is why a particular religion was chosen. One of the better religions that have been done so far where the people were more obedient than ever to the heads of those religions who also were emperors of the empire. Prior to that, they had occasional revolutions, uh, pre-Christian Rome, because there were so many gods to choose from. And there was always the element that, that one god or another could favor the individual on his quest to, for dominance over the rest. Whereas Christianity came along and a pope was ordained by God. And what he said was really like God speaking. And you couldn't argue with it. There's no other way to come at and usurp that power except going through the same means. And, and sometimes in history there were two popes on the go, conflicting popes. Uh, France, when they, when they lived in France, the Vatican's were really there. We find there was one pope and what they called the anti-pope. And they used to excommunicate each other regularly and, and, and throw these curses on each other. And that's how farcical it, it, it got, because at that time, the general public were so trained in the whole idea of this pyramid structure of Catholicism that the only way to usurp the power was to appear to be ordained by God. So you, you, you had to cross your fingers and hope the previous, or the, the present pope would die, 
because they didn't abdicate generally. Or by some miracle you would take his place because the public had to accept the tradition that had come across of how you became Pope. We know it was corrupt as could be. And you always find corruption at the top of all the religions because they never follow the religion they impose upon the people. And today it's a world club of religious leaders that run the show. They understand the necessity of religion. Michael Gorbachev has written about it, a man who's an atheist, the next head of the Soviet Union. He, he's the one who talks about the creation of an earth religion, an earth worship type religion. It would be necessary to bring in this new order. So they've never ever poo-pooed the idea of religion far from it. They use religion. If we even look at the previous Soviet regime and communism in itself, it had all the earmarks of a religion. And just as intolerance against anyone who complained about it or questioned it, and it had its dogma, and it its, had its, all its ritualistic parades and its hierarchies. And you might call them their priests, the ones who would bring people in to question them to see if they'd right think or wrong think. So people, most people crave a religion which is accepted by others, a peer group, in order to get through life. And down through the ages, the big boys, when necessary, have agreed amongst themselves to stir up trouble. Trouble makes progress happen, you see. Progress. It also helps the bankers because they will always finance both sides and wars. And the tremendous religious wars that went on through the centuries uh, were just incredible. Sometimes where peoples who were the same, of the same stock, and who had opposing religions imposed upon them, which they'd adopted, would slaughter each other for years. Now this game of divide and conquer is as old as the hills. And we see it being used today. When tremendous changes are taking place, different groups are encouraged to look at other groups, and they're all fighting each other as the ship goes down. The big changes are coming in that will affect them all. They become oblivious to that. They focus on one thing. It's those guys. Those guys are the problem. It's like a whirlpool going round and round and round and sucking down in the middle and everyone is choking each other and throttling each other as they go round in this whirlpool never knowing how they got there what they're there for in the first place or who's orchestrated this. The targets that occupy a lot of people's minds are the Mexicans and Latin Americans coming up into the United States. The cause 
is ignored because it's the cause you'd have to question. It's the funding, it's the institutions funded in the United States that fund these groups to start coming across en masse because this is the time it was supposed to happen. The boys who run the world run by a schedule, a time schedule, and they have five-year plans for one particular part, 10 for another, 50 for another, 100 years for another. Same as communism, same as the United Nations, because it's all the same group at the top. Now, as I've said already, the mass man, humanity, can go two ways. And this whole movement towards the mass population, the mass man also was recognized at the beginning of the industrial era, where they started for the first time talking about the masses. Before that, when it was a feudal system, they just talked about the herd. But then it became the masses, and you got mass movements. And there are two ways they can go today. Since most of them are not original people themselves, by that I mean they're not individuals at all. The knowledge they have has been marketed into them, projected into them. That is the reality. But they crave belonging so badly. And because of this belonging and this pseudo-masochistic tendency they tend to have, where they worship power stronger than themselves, and they love rules, they will obey rules, and they become automatons, robot-like, well-behaved, placid, Sovietized-type citizens. This ties in, in fact, it gives me the picture of when uh, Eleanor Roosevelt was over in the Soviet Union, where she said in her own, her own writings, she, her first stop was to see Pavlov, her hero. Now, Pavlov, who used all kinds of, of motivational behavior modifications through rather nasty techniques, was also in charge of implementing all of his research and using it on school children throughout the Soviet Union. And Eleanor was just so enthralled to see all the children walking quietly, well-behaved towards the school. She said there's no spontaneity and laughing and giggling like that they have in, in American schools, but my, they're so well-behaved. So being an authoritarian herself, and possibly a sadist, she approved of this. It, this, was, this turned her on. The fact there was no spontaneity of any individual appealed to her nature of creating the mass man, predictable people. And that really is the point. For total control of society, you want predictability in each person. That's why personality profiles have been on, gathered for many, many years on every single person by police and organizations because they want to know if you are predictable. In fact, the control freaks cannot stand the possibility of unpredictability. 
And if you are unpredictable, meaning you have a mind of your own, and you might not choose the, the, the path in a particular walk that they expect you to choose, you could cause problems. In fact, they might have nervous breakdowns that you're not doing what you're supposed to do. So that's what we're seeing here now. We're seeing those who need the group wanting to conform, accepting all the ridiculous totalitarian-style laws that are coming down. And they have. You see them at the airports where they bend over, please. And uh, it's now they've accepted it. It's a way of life. They've adapted as Plato said, man is a, the most adaptable species on the planet, meaning they can do with us as they wish. We will accept it eventually till it's normal. Anything can be made normal, anything, by the culture creators. Culture itself is plastic. It's pliable. It always has been. The ancients wrote about it how they created culture, how they altered it, guided it, reshaped it over and over again. And it's never stopped. And when Russell talks about bringing in big Madison Avenue and all the big advertisers because they had the sciences of how to make people do things or buy things they didn't really need. It knew the psychology of greed of envy, of wanting to be noticed. They used all of the sciences of human nature and they adopted them right in. Now they market the ideas right into our heads. The slogans, the buzzwords, the ah, I'm offended attitude. People who parrot these slogans are giving themselves away as people who are not thinking for themselves at all. People quite naturally today talk about global warming. We've had years and years of propaganda from all the nature shows and public uh, TV stations, which are often the worst ones for it, on this uh, global warming. Even though children's books at school 50 years ago had detailed data on the cycles that we go through every 500 years or so of warming periods that last maybe a century, two centuries, three, and then goes, goes back again to a colder phase. That was always known. Today, they just stop talking about it. You think it's always been like this. And the, you can be conned so easily through ignorance, basically. And the big boys are using this to further their agenda, to take over all of the planet, all property, all rights of water, food, and even the air itself. Everything which you need is going to be under the guardianship of Plato's guardians, who will not live as you will live. They will live as kings and queens have always lived. And you will accept that. You can accept those things which are 
cannot be reconciled because it's your nature to accept it as long as it's marketed to you by faces you you know and would they lie to you the masses as always will be led by their chosen leaders to vote for another party or another person as they always are told you see and this is always a solution if we just get someone else in they could change it all they've learned nothing from experience even though they've been told over and over the histories of political parties and the con game they all pull over the public they pull the rule over your eyes in fact they have one hell of a party it's quite a party together the parties won't change anything but that's what's been held out to the general public who think they're awake but in reality are trying to save a system which is familiar to them because they grew up in it now it's shifting to another phase so look for a hero or heroes to come in like John Wayne and uh, do it all for them make everything right again and this will not happen in the United States John Kerry and others have said if they get in they will actually further the war on terror and increase the um, forces in the Middle East so we know the agenda is one way only regardless of who appears to be in charge of it it's a must be it was planned long before September 11th 2001 long before all the machinery to bring in totalitarianism uh, was hammered out in think tanks and 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 select places uh, like the Pentagon all the reactions of the public were figured out in advance all the strategies to deal with complaints from the public or fears etc were dealt with with an advance all the the little buzzwords the terms that you hear were all figured out long in advance so they can't stop now they must go all the way with this and whatever it takes to make this to pull this off they will do it whatever it takes in ancient times that was no different they terrorized the public of city states and tyrants would say oh my goodness there's just these evil terrorists everywhere and that the military were let loose on the public yet the same thing your checkpoints your questions on the street um searching for for daggers all that kind of thing same old stuff why change the formula if it works over and over again and they can panic the people over and over by crying wolf uh, by <laughs> telling us ridiculous things to get us all in a panic uh, as though anybody in this day and age 
could sneak something in that would cause, for instance, atomic explosions. Because the intelligence agencies are all completely interwoven worldwide and have been for a long time. The groups who opposed regimes have been led by the same people from the, from the West, the CIA and so on. They've been leading them all along as well. They supply the leaders to these groups. They have guys in, like the one in Korea who can uh, see his oddball things when he's told to say them. And the West shakes in their boots because it's a nice little bit of drama to show you how insecure our world is and how we've got to change it all and, and give up all kinds of freedoms because the world is just too unstable. Last March, according to the United Nations, we were to, hit to get, get plagues of the bird flu. And when it didn't happen, it said, well, it will happen in the fall. That was to be added on top of it all. And I've watched the geese going south, and I didn't see one of them sneezing or coughing. No. Hype, 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 terror, 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 uncertainty and fear. And when most people in the matrix are terrified, they cling to the coattails of their leaders to save them. At any price. And this technique is being used to its fullest advantage today. A long, long time ago, the elite that ran the secret societies talked about a world system, a world global system, where they would have to make everyone conform to a set belief structure. to a, a one single type of economic system and that's what's underway today this is to be a utopia for an elite step by step through tyranny through wars and implementation of their economic system wherever they go UNESCO following closely behind the World Bank that's shoved up in these countries to make sure they get the first of the youngest children to indoctrinate them into a way of thinking, a way of viewing life and the world. So they'll grow up thinking that, that their adaptation to the new style is quite natural, and to them it will seem so. And this was planned actually before the United Nations was even set up, because the League of Nations was already there, and they had discussed it back in the early 1900s. When Mr. Rockefeller was talked, uh, talked about the globalization, and he also mentioned the cannon fodder, and the cannon fodder of the general population, he said, 
yes, it's a pity that this present generation will be the cannon fodder as we go through this. Because everyone's having their, their ideals shattered. They've been terrified. They're terrified of the changes. And they suspect, of course, that they're not being told all the truth. And the strangest thing is, when they, when they do that, they listen all the more intently to their favorite newscasters, uh, hoping to, to get told the truth, which they never have been before. The stress level amongst people, the personal stress level, is going sky high. What do people do when they feel terrified? Well, we know the reports right after 9-11 where they said that thousands of people had suddenly returned to churches in the United States. But we're seeing it in all different varieties today. Even amongst the New Age movement, who really think they're trendy and, and, and they're setting the pace for the future, they think it's theirs actually, which is the big joke. They think they are setting the, the direction. And uh, and the neurosis that's going through them, again looking for magical answers, answers of all kinds to save them personally, is uh, from a distance it can be it can be it's tragic, but it's also laughable. Where they'll they're buying all kinds of gimmicks and swallowing all kind of absolute nonsense that's been used down through the ages. To, to clean their house of energies and use colors and yada 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 because they're literally these are terrified people who are trying to bring order into their lives again the order thing by bizarre means and they're swallowing it all and again we have the big books heavily financed by MI6 of course shoved out there to guide them into fantastic avenues of thought uh, a multi-mirrored hall of reflections of bizarro and they can't gobble them up quick enough there's channelers of all kinds who are channeling the aliens who are talking about the energy coming in that's going to transform us all uh, there's other ones that are talking about um, blue beams coming in and blue is a good color of course it's the United Nations color it's a blue lodge as well uh, so everyone's being used and every group is being catered to and no one's been overlooked. And the individual who seeks truth must go through all of this chaos and weave between it all knowing what is true and what is false. Remembering their own experiences if they've had them and generally they have which are not of the norm. They're not dogmatic enough generally to try and figure out or put a, a definition on them. All they know is there are things that which can happen in life which are outside the norm, the normal experience. Which tells you there is a threat out there. The threat comes from those who've had the odd experience that's, that's broken through this, this fake world.
coronavirus. So there are powers indeed at work, not all of them under the control of this fanatical, primitive elite. And once again, those who have broken through the matrix into different levels, and hopefully they can get right through all the con games of buy gold and silver, and that's going to save you. They've broken through all the, the herbal cons, and it's a huge industry today run by the big boys where chew this type or chew that type of leaf or grass, and my God, you'll, you'll live forever. You can walk through radiation with it. There's so many cons out there bought by terrified people. Terrified people. They're being exploited to the maximum at the moment by shameless psychopaths. Shameless. As never before. It reminds me of when Rothschild was asked when he made his most money. He said, when blood is running in the streets. For those who know how to profit through terror and fear, this is their time. Preachers are doing their job. They're telling them it's God's will. It's all written in the Bible. This was going to happen. And they're using revelations. And that was the reason that revelations was actually created all that time ago. It was a plan, a business plan. Step-by-step business plan. And it's written in an esoteric form where exoterically minded people never see the esoteric which can be explained, and it's in my third, my third book. Those who have listened 
over the years to me should try and buy something to keep me going and to inform themselves. It's vital that people understand now what's going on. A wise man once said that peoples in all ages, in all places, have been told by their leaders to accept a religion, a proper religion, and a proper religion was introduced by the elite and the people believed properly. It's never changed. The whole talk from the top, even the scientific community, if you listen carefully to their mantras, their chattering, their, their, their slogans they chant, the statements they make as though it were absolute proof, uh, true, absolutely true, there's more belief necessary, a faith-based belief necessary to, to actually believe what they're saying than most existing religions. The evidence they have is so shaky on pretty well everything. And we know that at the top they've, they've agreed to tell the big lies to get us all into the compact cities the new habitat areas for the United Nations, where there'll be no pro property eventually at all, no private property. The United Nations has stated that. Check up their website. So all resources will be owned by a new feudal overlord system, and you'll be interdependent. In fact, you'll be totally dependent on the system for every need that you have total conformity the dream of control freaks all down through the ages but to believe the sciences that they, they pretend to use or pretend are sciences you, you have to be very very naive indeed because as I say they know the earth goes through the changes which is going through right now every few hundred years every few hundred years we don't go around in a circle around the sun like clockwork exactly where we were one year ago in the same position we'll, we'll get to that same exact position it doesn't work like that never did work like that And we go through periods of warming. And we go through periods of cooling. Check the old, old, old school books that children were given. And all of that was in it at junior school. I can remember reading one when I was seven years of age. Talking about the Middle Ages where for two and a half hundred years they didn't build a single house with a chimney because it was so warm summer and winter this knowledge is retained they know this but the way it's hyped out under ah, the planet's all going to hell in a handbasket and we have no control 
be terribly, terribly afraid. This is all meant for a different reason. It's meant for you to give up every right you ever thought you had and to put yourself into the hands of your betters, the ones who know better than you do, the guardians, you might say. And it's working with a lot of people who parrot the slogans. They parrot it away, you know, cars, SUVs are bad, yada yada. Carbon dioxide is bad. Well, hey, schmuck, the biggest producer of carbon dioxide are people because we breathe it out. Huh? Huh? We breathe it out. So figure out where that'll take you, cut, reduce carbon dioxide. Ah. They don't know. In their ignorance, they don't think, you see. They are told what to think, and they parrot it dogmatically, like a religion. And they will turn on people with violence if they think those people are breaking these new rules, these unwritten rules, and not conforming, you know, into the big one shapeless mass. The mob are very good at turning on the individual. The mass man, the mob. The high masons say that. You can always count on the mob. To what? To be a mob. One mind, one voice, one action. Ein Volk, ein Führer. Ein Reich. Same old thing over and over again. And speaking as an individual, it gets terribly monotonous to hear people who should be sentient creatures parroting all the stuff they've been downloaded with on nature shows, TV blurbs, and so on. And have never gone and checked anything out, any of these supposed sciences for themselves. They have accepted their slavery. They don't need to check it out. They accept that there's a better class out there that know better than they do. They love the powerful. And people who love the powerful hate the weak. When you realize that there is an elite who descended from an elite, all down through the ages, who understand everything I'm saying, who have access to archives with formulas for human behavior, then everything becomes clear. And it doesn't take much thinking for a person, a person who can think for themselves to reach certain conclusions. For instance, a simple one is, since the elite of every country in all ages makes sure that whatever government exists, exists, exists to, number one, primarily to save itself, to perpetuate itself and the status quo, and to protect the elite of that country. And that goes for industry, 
for manufacturing for everything. Because if there were separate countries, you need manufacturing to make the armaments in time of war. To churn the tanks out, to churn all the things out. Everything you need. Today, and, and it was the same in the Soviet Union, they said that this we won by high technology, high technology, advanced technology. Yet, they knew many, many, many years ago they were going to transfer all industry to China, the communist country. Now, communism in theory is supposed to be there to utterly annihilate capitalism. That's what they had on the baby books, you know, the, the little books, the baby books, that people parted. Yet the highest capitalist countries planned and had meetings, and it took donkey's years to prepare all the bureaucratic uh, and, and legal documentation for the gradual integration with China, the communist country. Now, if there were any countries at all and the elite had any, any suspicion whatsoever, even a bad dream, that China was a, a separate nation and would eventually attack them, the elite would never have given what you think is your industry, but it's actually theirs, they would never have placed it within China. Never. Ever. So when you hear the saber rattling by China, it's all theater. It's just theatrics for the public consumption. Don't be afraid of it. China has been throwing up vast cities and roadways, the, mo the latest, most advanced road system in the planet. Everything in the cities, everything's new and high-tech and ultra-modern. And who's moving into them? Well, you get the, the rising uh, higher middle class of the Chinese who are busy exploiting their own people beneath them. But also you have very wealthy Westerners moving in. In fact, some of these cities are designed for Western taste. And they have all their, their theaters with operas and everything. Just like back home where the elite can go. And they have all the highest types of restaurants for Western taste. A home from home. That's where the elites are moving today. And if they thought there was the slightest possibility of a war with China, they'd be spluttering their chop suey and running back home. Believe you me. So there is none. There are no nations. Every signatory to the United Nations agreed at the time that this would have led to world government. And Alger Hiss helped draft up the charter. Some Canadians with Lester Pearson and a few other ones from Canada did the rest of it. And it was to be a totalitarian type system where the lessers, the more feeble-minded, would be ruled by their betters. The quality part was the ones who were in the lesser group would be equally poor. They wouldn't need much. And so they talk about sharing the world's resources. 
it's a race to a bottom equality for the people in all respects of life and at the moment so cleverly they're giving us the greatest gluttonous feast we've ever had before at the bottom of the heap with all the cheap goods from China bought by credit cards credits credits never been so widely available to make sure that we can go through this and as we guard ourselves we don't see it coming but the times will change times will change the world that's envisaged is to be utilitarian based on economic needs including the number of people who will serve the world state study it up look at it there's lots of books out there put out at the time when they signed the charters books written by the people involved and those are the ones you should read not the spin books about them but the ones they wrote themselves the so called founding members it's all laid out there in the line read it all read between the lines too because they make it very obvious where they're taking the world and they knew they'd have to do most of it by deception because people who were used to a set way of life naturally object when they're being moved from one pasture to the next the one they're familiar with is where they want to stay but through crisis and continued crisis they get to a breaking point where you can you can move them any they go anywhere you tell them they'll do anything you tell them because they're they're essentially broken through psychological warfare thanks to Pavlov and, and Skinner and others once again this is the real world this is the real agenda I hope to talk to you next week about more of this. Good night, and may your God or gods or whatever go with you.
To have to stand beneath my window With your bugle and your drum And me, I'm up there waiting For the miracle For the miracle to come Oh, cool. 